Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Brian O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last. And this is the Enneagram 7 song. He has a whole series of Enneagram songs that y'all will absolutely love. Make sure you check out all his music at Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you love to listen to music. There he is. Today on the show, two of my newer friends that I find fascinating, so lovely, and incredibly interesting. I think y'all are going to love this episode. I've never had an astronaut on the podcast before. Almost 400 episodes in, and Drew Morgan is our first astronaut. Y'all remember Stacey Morgan. She was on episode 214. You can go back and listen to that one. I had her on when Drew was getting ready to land from spending three different expeditions, Expedition 60, 61, and 62, almost 10 months on the International Space Station. Well, he is back and I wanted to talk to him and see how things were going, see what it was like being back on Earth, especially at such a weird time in the world, and just hear about life now that he has returned to earth. I want to tell you a little bit about Drew. He is an emergency physician in the U.S. Army and was selected by NASA in 2013. So he's been an astronaut for seven years. He and Stacy live in Houston, obviously space station, and they have four kids. And Drew was the flight engineer on the International Space Station for those three expeditions, 60, 61, and 62. If you're not following him on social media, you are missing out. Astro Drew Morgan, and of course, his wife, Stacy, who we adore. Stacy Morgan, y'all need to check her out. And here they both are today from Earth, Drew and Stacy Morgan. Are you ready? You take yeah, a lot. I'm going to take a lot of my props okay. from you. Okay. Don't, not me. Don't, don't drink from your wife. Not from the host. <laughs> yeah, don't drink loudly. In the, don't smack your lips. Don't. You can do all those things. You can be a person. Yeah. You're absolutely allowed um, to be a person here. But be your best self, please. Have you? <laughs> please. The other thing I would say is this isn't about me. It's about us. Yes, that's right. Okay. okay. Yeah. I hope okay. that. I mean, those are the questions. That's what. Yeah. I, that's yeah. what I was hoping. Yes. Yeah. Have you listened to your wife's episode? Yes. No. She's outstanding. This is yeah. her. This is what she loves. This is where she thrives. This is not. And you're this just isn't here. Me. I'm here. <laughs> just along for the ride. <laughs> she's done a lot of things for me over the years, and so it's my turn. Oh my gosh! So you're like, yeah, I'll go be on Annie's podcast for you. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. A, yeah. Oh yeah. You, oh, That's Drew. Exactly, yeah. That is very kind. <laughs> That's that exactly. is very kind of you. So you have listened to Stacey's episode, so you kind of know what's coming. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 Have y'all done, <laughs> bless your heart. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> have y'all done a lot of interviews since you've been home? No, not since he's been home. No, hardly any, really. Well, I, I take that back. I'm none. Together. I've done none. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've and I've done very few. It would I to this point, I normally would have done several more, but you know, COVID's really affected that quite a bit. But like, I did like a short little segment on Fox News, and then I did Time News for Kids. For yeah. kids. Oh the, gosh, I used to love that when I taught school. I loved those little magazines every Friday. Yeah. Well, I was in it. Right. I was I was in it recently. And then his fan base is mostly over 70 and under 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, not a not a ton. And we haven't done anything together, although if uh, COVID had not happened, I think we would have. Yeah. Uh, we we had yeah. intended to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Certainly it felt like our story had a lot of uh, relevance to the military audience and stuff like the the parallels. Yeah. When you when you were coming home and you were hearing 
about COVID was starting? Because really, you came home kind of in the middle of the mess of it all, right? Well, it seemed like I was coming home in the middle of it, but what we know now is like I was just in the ramp up of it. That's right. That's true. It um, couldn't get worse than this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then it could. Yeah. Surprise. And you yeah. had to, Stacey, remind me, you had to quarantine two weeks before yes. Drew got home? So they the said, that's right. So they told us maybe a few weeks out, like, this is where this is going. So you need to, at a minimum, two weeks out, you need to be in your house with the kids. Don't go anywhere. So I had friends delivering groceries mm-hmm. and like we literally didn't go anywhere. That allowed us to be there when the when his plane landed back in Texas. That allowed us to Got be it. there at the bottom of the stairs and, and actually hug him. And direct contact. And direct yeah. contact yeah. with yep. him and then right. stay with him for a few days in the quarantine facility. Right. D- speaking of, does your body feel normal? You've been home yeah, for no, a I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I feel 100%. I, I was probably by a week and a half to two weeks, I started to feel very normal again. Okay. I was, Stacy. as as the days were going on, Stacey was like, well, he still kind of walks like a grandpa today. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? How many days? He's going to get back to being a person, right? Yeah. The yeah. first couple of days, it was like walking with them, walking with you was like, it was like holding on to your grandpa. Like yeah. where they just feel a little bit like, if I let go of you, are you going to fall over? Not like, because of like feeble weakness, but right, sure. balance. Yeah. Balance, balance was a was an issue. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't weak. That's I just, right. I just didn't. Yeah, super just want to make strong. sure that's very clear. clear. Everyone. My I mean. muscles were just as big, <laughs> if not bigger than they've ever been. But that's right. Inner ear balance issues. That's right. But by day three, four, fine. Like it was. It's amazing, actually, how quickly yeah. it came back. I kind of expected him to be, I don't know, just off longer, yeah. and uh, he really wasn't. This is a dumb question. I'm sorry. I don't know the answer to this. You're still an astronaut. Like this still continues to be your job now. Yes. Um, I mean, when so there are we have astronauts that have military backgrounds and astronauts with non-military backgrounds, but we all end up there in the NASA astronaut corps for okay. uh, essentially indefinitely until we can no longer maintain the physical or medical requirements to continue to fly. So after you fly the first time, it's sort of like it opens up a, a whole new world of things that you can do in between just because now you have more technical relevance to answer questions and participate in projects with that experience of having flown in space. Sure. And you do that until you get assigned to another flight a couple of years later. And typically that's been a handful of years, four, five, six years in between flights. Okay, flights. Like I, I'm that's what we call, flying yeah. to flying. Jacksonville in a couple of weeks. That's very <laughs> right. different than that's, this flight. Yeah, we call it spa- short, we say s- short for a space flight. Sure, space yeah. Flight. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little bit different. Yeah. When you were a kid, now I've asked Stacey this on her episode, so this is an episode about y'all. But I do have to ask you some background questions <laughs> yes. because I've done this with your wife. When you were a kid, were you like, I'm going to be an astronaut? Because you're a doc, you're a medical doctor. Correct. Also in the Army. Army, that's right. And also an astronaut. <laughs> right. So just casual. So confusing. Casual So life. how did it, you know, yes. So you're asking me, how did I get here? Well, I mean, <laughs> like, a, yeah, when you were right. seven, which right. of those did you want to be? Or were you the guy who was like, I want to be these three things, and by gosh, he you did just it. like, no, no, you need to choose one. There's only, and he's like, no, <laughs> like, no I want all of the above. Yeah, well, I mean, I was a child of the 80s and grew up when the space shuttle was launching every couple of months. And yeah. so that was very much on the forefront of my mind and a lot of kids my age. In my childhood, I was able to see a space shuttle land once. In person? Yes, oh, yes. Okay. And we, my father was an Air Force officer and we moved around a lot and we did live in Southern California at one point where we, uh, at near Edwards Air Force Base where you could see space shuttles land. And, and I got to see one once 
couple other touch points along the way where just I had contact with them. And one that I frequently recall was when we were living in Texas, we were celebrating famous Texans. And I wrote a letter to Alan Bean, who was an Apollo astronaut, yeah. walked on the moon, was on the second mission to land on the moon. And he wrote back to me and it was very inspiring, and exciting to me. So the way I, I like to describe it is when I was a kid, I was inspired by astronauts. And of, like every kid my age, I said, I want to be an astronaut. But I'm also very realistic and pragmatic and realize <laughs> that as, that's a lofty goal. Um, I know that I knew that one of the common pathways of a lot of astronauts was military service. And luck, luckily for me, that was something that was always very interesting to me because my father, my grandfather, both of my grandparents um, had served in the military. And so I knew that military service was definitely in the cards for mm -hmm. me. And probably wasn't until I was in high school or uh, even when I was a cadet at West Point where I eventually went to school and met Stacy. Mm -hmm. Best part of your time best there, right. side note. I didn't mention that. I'm <laughs> sure that will spin off now into a big, long story that uh, we'll get there. Uh, uh, but that I decided that I that probably my best utilization of my service in the military was as a physician, as a, as a medical mm -hmm. doctor. And uh, I chose to do that, went on to medical school, and then chose to serve in special forces, deployed overseas to Afghanistan and Iraq. And I got to a point in my career, I was like, you know, I've always had this in the back of my mind, this dream of becoming an astronaut. And uh, the path that I had followed, like we have selected physicians, even military physicians as astronauts in the past, but nobody that had quite followed the career path that I had. Typically yeah. they had more maybe a, a background in aviation medicine in the Navy or the, or the Air Force. But, you know, I was like, well, my chances are zero if I don't apply. And yeah. I applied and started making cuts along the way. And then in 2013, I was selected. And, and you know, and now that's what I've been doing for the last seven yeah. years. And now I, here I am just after my first flight and lived on the space station for nine months. So, yeah, that's how it's a circuitous route. I don't know. I, I, I look around and wonder, geez, yeah, how did this happen? Yeah. Very fortunate. Very blessed. Funny side story to this oh, is, good. of course, so there's like every other year we do a big astronaut reunion and like a lot of astronauts fly in from all over. Oh, wow. And so Drew has we've met. Well, Alan Bean has since passed, but he was at at least one reunion since we've been at NASA. Yeah. Uh -oh. And so it was cool that Drew got to be like, hey, <laughs> you know, you sent me a signed photo in yeah, fourth my, grade. Yeah, we counted that story for him, and he was very moved by it. In fact, it led to him be inviting us uh, to his home. He lives still in Houston, and, um, and Stacy and I went down there to visit him. In his post-astronaut life, he became a, an artist yeah. and painted pictures, uh, moonscapes and pictures of astronauts or like either based on, on the yeah, yeah, walking on the moon. Some were based on historical events. Some were just depictions of, of things that he imagines and just a, a great artist. And he, he invited Stacey and I down to his studio and watched Gosh. kind of how he, how he composed his, his, uh, his, his, uh, his art, his, art, his yeah. paintings. And, yeah. um, and Stacey's always been very artistic and Oh my gosh, her paintings are so good. Yeah. Yeah. So she, you know, Stacey appreciated it. And, and it actually gave 
uh, Alan Bean and Stacy more to talk about than, than <laughs> Stacy and I are there for Alan and I to talk about. I was so, about to say, was your cool. little boy brain like going overload that you were like, I'm in Alan Bean's house? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, at the same time, I was like, isn't this ironic that uh, really all he's interested in is uh, Stacy and, <laughs> <laughs> and what, you know, how she paints? And, uh, <laughs> I just think that is that is unbelievable when you get to meet someone like that who's meant that much to you. Yeah, it's so cool. That's nuts. And it's it's nice to remember that when like you know, I think when Drew's signing pictures for other yeah. little kids, you know, it's yeah. like that's cool. Like that's more meaningful than signing one for some collector, you know, who's gonna go like put it in some album somewhere. Like it's really cool to think like this kid's gonna put it up on his mirror in his room and he's yeah. gonna look at it and Years from now, and they're like, "Who is that?" Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I definitely like, think about that because we astronauts do we do get fan mail, and it does come from a wide range of different interests. But I would say, really, just in the last in the time since I've been an astronaut, we've seen a real uptick in elementary age kids writing to oh, us. Wow. And I think about that whenever I have a huge pile to work through. I think about how meaningful it was to get that back from Alan Bean so many years ago, and and also how, you know, him hearing about that, you know, it was, it was, I think it was very fulfilling for him to hear that. And I think about that every time I'm writing one out, think, yeah. you know, you never know where this is going to, how this is going to impact a life. So yes. if they've I'm, taken time to write a letter and put a stamp on it and find an address and mail it, I feel the same way. I'm like, if you, t- the least yeah. I can do, golly, yeah. and is yeah. read it and send it and send something back. And those little kid letters are hilariously adorable. Oh, I, I actually had a mentor tell me maybe... 10 years ago in this, he said, what are you doing with the letters people mail you? And I was like, oh, I, I don't, I actually don't know. So I must be like throwing them away. I actually <laughs> don't know. And he said, you should get a notebook and keep all of them mm. because it reminds you on the days where you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you have a whole collection. So we keep all of them. I mean, That's we have, awesome. we have notebooks in the, out in the main part of the office that we keep all of them. And it, I mean, it just matters. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that you say that because I'm quite a collector. And ever since I started receiving fan mail, I have collected, I have yeah. kept every single one. And a lot of kids draw me pictures, a lot yeah. of artwork. And uh, I mean, I could, they could be published in a book one day of all of the the photos or, or the, the pictures from the minds of elementary school age children yeah. depicting space and astronauts and exploration. It's, it's really awesome. There have got to be people listening who've heard, they've heard Stacy's episode, but we'll link to it in the show notes just in case they missed it. But that heard Stacy, they're hearing your story and know you as an astronaut and just think, how does life work out like this? Like, how do you, how do you get to do things you never thought you'd get to do? Hmm. So what's the answer? How do you get to do things you never thought you'd get to do? I think I take risks, right? You got to say yes. You got to do the hard things. Hmm. I mean, I think Drew has always done the hard things. He's always seen opportunities, like he's taken the hard courses, and he's been willing to do something that no one else has done. I like a challenge. Yeah, you do. You like a challenge. And I also like a challenge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we spur each other on in challenges. Yeah. And... uh, Oh, Stacey's definitely been an enabler for me, because there's very few... I've thrown out a lot of really crazy ideas to her, and she's always been like... Maybe sometimes a little takes a little warming up, but eventually, without a, me, I don't feel like I, I don't know. Maybe you feel differently. I don't feel like <laughs> I have to. I ever have pestered you or hounded you. I think usually after you've processed it, you're, you you've been supportive of a lot of. You know, I think back on my military career and some of the 
training and things that I elected to do that took me away from home for periods of time. And she's always been like, yeah, you got got to do this. I think the reason I I never wanted to say no, I don't want to be that wife or that even that friend or that sibling or whoever, you know, with any relationship in my life who says, you shouldn't do that. Mm. Like, I don't want you to come back to me years from now and be like, if only I had, if you only mm. you hadn't said. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, why not? The worst thing that happens is you go and you fail and you come home. Like, yeah. and there's a little embarrassment in that or something like that. Yeah. But, but even if you do, who cares, right? It was like, it's part of the story. It's part of the journey. And it's, you know, half the time, you're successful, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. know until you try, right? So mm-hmm. if you come, yeah, every crazy idea you've come over, I try to. Well, I think say about yes. one early. So Stacy and I have been married 20 years now, and I'd say it was in the one of the first two or three years that I, we were married, and I w- had the opportunity to go to the Special Forces Combat Diver Course, which is like considered one of the most oh gosh. rigorous courses that you could go through in the Army. And yeah, I was preparing to go and I remember right before I left Stacy said uh, something that she knew would motivate me she said don't come back without that badge (laughs) 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 and and that was so empowering to me to hear her say that because I was like wow I would disappoint her if I came back without it I gotta Uh go do this yeah it was really motivating uh, to hear her appreciate really internalize uh, how important that is to to me but it was also important to her whether it really was or not didn't matter what she said well you came back super tan super buff and with that badge (laughs) so i'd say it worked (laughs) how long is that course how long are you like diving to the bottom of the ocean and such (laughs) i'm trying to think so it was um there's two weeks of uh, preparatory work that you have to do and then you go down to uh, Key, West. Key West for about five weeks I think it was Gosh. five five and a half weeks how long can you hold your breath underwater now or then <laughs> <laughs> then you could hold your breath for I, uh, a really long time I don't know I don't know but yes that is something that you've got to be able to do well I, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to challenge my uh, whatever I was 26 year old self uh, what <laughs> sure. I could do. sure are y'all 40 yet Yes. 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 I just I'm turned a, 40. Yes. Uh, we're in our 40s. Okay. Oh, Early my gosh. 40s. <laughs> Early 40s. Tell me what this isn't on the list. Are you going to be okay if I go on questions that are on the list? <laughs> oh. Sorry. Off script. Word. I know. It just came to my head because you said 26. You led me here. Uh, <laughs> tell me what you know about yourselves in your 40s that you wouldn't have known at 26 or mm-hmm. even at 36. I think I was a leader in my 20s. I've always been a leader, mm-hmm. but I think I didn't know how to, I've learned a lot about leadership back then, mm. uh, since then I should say. And um, I think I'm I'm smarter and I'm a much more of a gentle leader than I was back then. Okay. I'm definitely a like, let's go take that hill kind of leader. Yeah. And I think um, sometimes I was probably a little too uh, aggressive and trying to get people to join me take whether that's leadership or just in life like mm-hmm. I know I can be very passionate about the things that I feel passionately about so yeah. I think I would have told myself to like maybe tone it down a little bit mm-hmm. you're um, you might be overwhelming some people mm. <laughs> but I don't know what do you think yeah I like from from my perspective uh, when I think about how over the last 20 years, uh, a lot of things that I've been through, uh, both in the Army, but also as an astronaut, there's a lot of evaluation that goes on. We're we're evaluated and given sometimes 
harsh feedback, um, things that you don't like to, you, that are hard to hear about yeah. yourself. And whether that's something just from a peer or from a psychologist or some sort of test that you, you take, not just aspects of your personality, but also like, what are the things, what are you good at cognitively? And going through that process of, of learning more and more every year that goes by, I learn more and more about myself. And there's nothing like living on the space station for nine months with a lot of the same people. And you get a real sense of what you are what you're really good at and what you aren't and yeah. and you know you, th you think you're in your mid-40s and you know everything about yourself yeah. and then you can, i'm just a continual process and that's what being an, an astronaut there's a and being evaluated and getting a good depth of understanding of yourself and where you fit into the team becomes a very, very valuable uh, asset. And that's something we, we actually capture that term. We call it expeditionary behavior to understand how to be a good team member, how to be a good team leader, how, take, how to take care of yourself, how to take care of the team. And that's been an ongoing process uh, for me. The other thing I would say is as a parent, as we've raised, as we're raising children now that are getting into their teenage yeah. years and we see their personalities coming through, you see elements of your own personality in them, and sometimes that's not always pleasant to see. <laughs> you see make a, a, an unfiltered version of yourself yes. uh, could have been or could wow, be. And, yeah. um, and when, you see some, when you see those things, it, does ma it makes you reflect on, is that how I would have been if I didn't have like, people like Stacy in my life to yeah. ground off some sharp edges? And, uh, and so that's definitely something that we've talked about Stacy and I a lot in the recent years because now we're starting now we have two of our four children are in their teenage years and we're starting to definitely see adult personalities manifest themselves and we see pieces of us in them yeah yeah I remember someone told me when I was in my early 20s and just starting to kind of like have kids and lead uh, a good friend of mine said um, the leader should be the most introspective person in the room wow and I and I've always thought about that because that's true I think and it's a process, right? Like you, there's always more to learn about yourself. And if I could go back and talk to myself, I'd be like, you, you, any free time you have should be spent like learning more about yourself. That makes mm. you a better parent, makes you a better friend, makes you a better leader, makes sure. you a better coworker, makes you better. And that's a lot of what, you know, Drew's had to really put into practice, especially on the station, but definitely that's something they're constantly working on as astronauts is like, you can't round out your you can't be a good teammate if you don't know yourself and part of that is knowing mm. there are things you're good at and there are things you are not good at and yeah. so quit trying to like there will be someone else on the team who can do the heavy lifting in the areas that you are not good at that yeah instead we want you to fill these roles and the things you are really good at yeah. and so to become an astronaut obviously you've done very well in your career we bring together a lot of really highly accomplished people right and it can be very humbling when you realize that you aren't actually good at everything and, <laughs> and, and, and everybody comes to that realization right. and right. if they don't they you know it becomes a very painful career for them because you've you have to have that introspection to understand that yeah. the team comes together as pieces and parts and that everybody is not going to be good at everything and getting a good solid understanding of what you're good at and what you're bad at and where you can work on things and how you can work and be paired with people who um, complement you well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Having the humility to be like, I'm not the smartest person in the room. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I did uh, a number of spacewalks in my time on the ISS and I, for four of them, I was paired with uh, my Italian crewmate, Luca Parmitano, and he and I 
are very different. He's a, an a, a Italian Air Force test pilot, and he's quick thinking, and where in, in contrast to me, I'm a little more slow thinking, a little more, more deliberate. And we've, our personalities came together in this series of spacewalks in a way that was, that we couldn't have anticipated it worked so well because mm-hmm. there are elements of what you do when you're doing a spacewalk where you need somebody who's, who's quick and decisive. And at other times you need to be thoughtful and deliberate and methodical. And that's, you know, we balanced each other out in that yeah. same way. Forgive me for not knowing this, but how does a Russian and an Italian and an American all end up on the space station at the same time? That sounds like a joke. I know, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. Well, uh, we're in a, it's a great question because we're at a point right now of transition. So a little bit of space history. Oh, before I'm ready. We are, here we go. We, I'm here for it. So the International Space Station has been in continuous orbit for more than 20 years, and we've had astronauts on board the ISS uh, continuously for going on 20 years now oh, wow. and the beginning of the space state the space station was built in pieces and parts by um, our our russian partners as well as um, the u.s and we used the space shuttle to fly the pieces up there in its big cargo bay and then the space shuttle was retired um, not quite 10 years ago and we didn't have a means to get astronauts uh, from u.s soil on a rocket to the iss and so for the last Almost a decade, we started launching our astronauts on a Russian Soyuz spacecraft from Kazakhstan, the way that they have always done it since the beginning of their space program, which is approximately the same time that we started launching astronauts. In the 1960s. Yeah, in the 1960s, mm-hmm. or greater than 50 years ago. And uh, so I launched on a Soyuz rocket, and the, the vehicle, the, the, the capsule itself, was commanded by my Russian commander, um, Alexander Skortsov. And then Luca Parmitano was one of my crewmates, and then and then I was the third member of the crew. There are typically six crew members on board the ISS at any given time, okay. and we launch on a rocket in a capsule with three of us. So when we got to the ISS, there was already three crew members on board, two Americans and one Russian already on board. Then just recently uh, in May, we launched SpaceX Dragon Crew Dragon, which was the first time we've launched Americans from American soil. Uh, in Florida right. on an American rocket that docked with the space station. That was the first time in, since uh, the space shuttle retired in 2011. So wow. it's been nearly a decade. Um, and so those two crew members, um, Bob and Doug, are on board right now. They're going to come home here in another couple weeks. And um, so that's, a, you know, that's, that's exciting news for us in our space program that now we're, we're launching American astronauts from, uh, from American soil. I launched from Kazakhstan. I landed in Kazakhstan. And we will continue to do that. The Russians will continue to launch from Kazakhstan to put cosmonauts on board. But we'll probably continue to put an American on occasionally on one of their vehicles. Mm-hmm. And we'll put a uh, Russian cosmonaut on our vehicles just to keep that trade going. Sure. It's good for our relationship. It's also good for us to have multiple ways to get to the space station. So that's where that's kind of the exciting Can place that we are. anybody from any country can hitch a ride? Can it, like, you got an Italian. Can a South Korean? Can a African, a Kenyan? I mean, like, can anybody go? So that has a space. So there are multiple. Um, there are fifteen nation partners in the International Space Station program, but the five major partners are uh, NASA, the Russian Space Agency, Rus- uh, Roscosmos, the Canadian Space Agency, the European Space Agency, which represents multiple countries in the European Union, 
and then the Japanese Space Agency, JAXA. Got it. Okay. And so those are the primary uh, partners. Now, while I was on board, we also had an astronaut from the United Arab Emirates, uh, Emirati, and, um, and they're becoming more and more of an International Space Station uh, program uh, participant. And uh, so those are the major, those countries that have uh, national space programs that we see represented in space. We do try to keep a mix up there. There's always an American and a Russian up on board. Yeah. And then in that mix, we'll see a, a Canadian, a European, a Japanese astronaut in the mix. Okay. That makes so much more sense yeah. to me now. Thank yep. you. Thank you. I'm glad I have you on speed down now. I can be like, space question. <laughs> I have a space question. <laughs> Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Drew and Stacy to tell you about our friends over at Rothy's. As summer turns to fall, Rothy's is here to make the day comfortable, washable, and sustainable with their products. You guys know we love Rothy's around here. They make stylish, sustainable shoes and bags for life on the go with eco-friendly material like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic Rothy's shoes are so comfortable. Y'all, there are so many great styles to choose from. I need you to know that Jen and I just sat here searching our way through the website of Rothy's, finding uh, a bazillion new shoes that we want to try, especially those new edition ones. But I need to tell y'all the ones that I can't quit right now are the Camo Cat. Yes, Camo Cat. The Camo Cat sneakers. Y'all, I just am like, I'm in love is what I feel. I know, I know this feeling and this is love. I think these are the cutest. Oh my gracious. Check out their amazing shoes. And if we want to be twinsies, get the camo cat sneakers. We'll be having the best fall of our lives. And check out their bags. They're available right now at rothys.com slash sounds fun. Again, that's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash sounds fun. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash sounds fun today. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Ancestry Health. You can better manage your family's health risk with Ancestry Health. Y'all probably have heard of Ancestry.com, and I don't know about you, but I am a huge fan of Ancestry.com and of all the work they do to help you find family, to help you learn about your history, uh, to connect you with living relatives or with ancestors that aren't living anymore, but you can learn their stories. Man, I think learning about all that is so cool. But with their most advanced genetic testing technology and next generation sequencing, Ancestry Health is now better at determining if you're lower risk for some commonly inherited conditions linked to like breast cancer or colon cancer and heart disease. Wouldn't it be nice not to worry about that? I'm so looking forward to trying it out. We've done Ancestry.com, but I've never done Ancestry Health and I cannot wait to learn more about my family's history like this. One in eight women develop breast cancer in their lifetime. About 5 to 10% of those have an inherited genetic risk. Ancestry Health can detect up to 80% of the DNA differences linked to the most common form of inherited breast cancer. So you can be more confident in your results, including if you find you are at a lower genetic risk of this condition. They also work with PWN Health, which is an independent network of board-certified physicians and genetic counselors 
who can help you better understand your results, which I think is so cool. Our inherited health risks don't have to stay unknown. Smarter health decisions can start right now, you guys. Find out what your DNA says about genetic risk with Ancestry Health. Head to Ancestry.com slash TSF, like that sounds fun, to get your Ancestry Health Kit today. Again, that's Ancestry.com slash TSF. Now back to the show. Okay, when we were talking about that when you said Drew does hard things. Yes, he does hard things. What I've also learned in friendship with you is you do too. Yes. And one of the things that I would love for y'all to talk about for a minute is the role of perseverance in the last Mm. year of your life. Like, Drew, there has to be some sort of perseverance test you take before you go to space to make sure you're not going to, like, lose your mind in space. (laughs) Like, how do they know you're going to be okay in a small space for nine months? I don't know what the magical... the magical formula is, but I like I mentioned, we are evaluated quite thoroughly at our yeah. at the time we're selected. Our selection process invites us back for two separate trips where we get psychological batteries and and psych interviews, and then there's just a lot. And then even after you're selected, I mentioned we go through training, and there's peer evaluation, and there's formal feedback, and so by then we've kind of you know we've teased out, and certainly perseverance or or different descriptors of that actual concept of perseverance and how will you respond to living in tight quarters yeah. for a long period of time with the same group of people. And, and you know, there is no one answer. I think that we've found different personality types um, do just fine. It's, it's not like we all have one personality type, but I think there are some common threads. I mean, one is that we tend to be uh, people who are pretty adaptable to changing situations and get along mm. well with people. Grit and personal and determination, yeah. those types of things, I think, tend to be people are uh, very conscientious, detail-oriented. A lot of the work that we do up there is very detail-oriented, of course, uh, where a, a small mistake can have huge consequences. Right, right. So, you know, it's it's good to have <laughs> a detail. Level. Yeah, yeah, so we're detail-oriented people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I... And I'm, you know, I'm sure people, I know that there are people who study this and what are the common threads. And like I said, that I think the, the list of common personality traits is probably actually smaller than you might think because yeah. it is quite a, a diverse group of people. Well, and don't forget that, like, I mean, for years, right, for five years, you're training, it, not even necessarily for a specific space flight. You're just doing training to keep up your space flight skills. And that includes flying jets and Practicing for space Wait, I can fly jets too. So that is a, a huge element of our training. Is True. That we're, we're, uh, <laughs> he does a lot of things. Okay, he does a lot of he things. does a lot of things. I mean, all that to say, they push you in hard ways in a lot of different ways, right? So it's like it's hard to fly, like to learn how. I mean, some people come in. Obviously, they're military pilots. They know how to fly jets, but. If you don't, you don't have that coming yeah, so in, if you you're learn an, how to do that. If you're an Army doctor, then yeah, they have to turn to me into a viable air right. crew member. And that's one of our best laboratories uh, for developing that skill of, of thinking under pressure. Something, you know, something that I admittedly is something that I needed to work on uh, that was different than the environment that I, you know, I'm an, an emergency physician by training. 
And of course we do, we make quick decisions under high pressure circumstances, but doing it in the back of a jet is different when you're wearing a mask and a helmet and yeah. you know, you're traveling at hundreds of thousands yeah, hundred, hundred exactly. miles an hour <laughs> and just, you know, maybe descending through uh, thick thunder, you know, like a right. thunderstorm or something like that and trying to land on a runway. That's a, that's a different skill set that I had not fully developed. And you're usually, you know, I, I sit in the back seat and one of my, another astronaut pilot sit in the front seat and that coordination that occurs between us and working through a checklist, working through a problem, if we were to have an emergency or just even something as routine as like the landing and taking off, working through checklists like that together is a, a skill that, that we value so much that we do it all the time yeah. in preparation for spaceflight, even when we're not training for a specific launch. We, this is something that we maintain all the time right yeah. and you scuba dive and you practice spacewalks and you learn yeah. russian and yeah. you're doing these like um put them in situations like camping and stuff like that that gets you out of your comfort well, zone I'm, where you're a little tired and hungry and i you, mentioned you know. uh, expeditionary skills and the value of being able to work in those environments we've found that that is a really good analog for what it's like to live and work on the iss for months mm -hmm. at a time is going on a uh, you know, for lack of a better, a camping trip, a, a backpacking trip, or maybe a kayaking trip where you're carrying all your provisions with you and you're with the same group of people yeah. for days on end. That that feeling of being a little bit tired, a little bit, you know, your food's not quite right, your sleep's not quite right, your hygiene is not quite right. All that is also true on the ISS. And it's yeah. a great anal uh, an analogy, we call it uh, space flight analogs. And it's not perfect at all. It's not because being on the ISS is not a camping trip, but it, it's there are elements of it that are similar. Or it will help you um, bring out the personality traits that would manifest also mm -hmm. in isolation on the ISS. Mm -hmm. Better you learn those on Earth than in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Better to get those with a kayak. Yeah, where you can exactly. get away right. than when yeah. you're stuck. Paddle away quickly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stacy, what was perseverance like for you this time while Drew was gone? That's a good question. So Thank you. the last time, well, Drew had never been uh, away from our family for as long as this before. Even his longest deployment was not as long as, like his longest military deployment was not as long ah, as the space flight. Okay. So we'd done about an eight month deployment before, but our kids were little, like we didn't even have all of our kids yet. Uh, school was like, you know, pre-K and like whatever, it didn't really matter. We certainly weren't dealing with like teenage hormones and yeah. junior, the stresses of junior high. So learning to drive. Learning to drive, right. all these things. Like, so for me, perseverance was like, you know, it was a grind some week. Mm -hmm. It was like when you have a really, you know when you have like a really bad week and somebody's like, oh, why'd you have a bad week? And you start listing off the things and you're like, okay, I know none of these individually sound that bad, right. but they all happened in the same three-day period, yeah. which just, like, sometimes it was like, will this week ever end? Yeah. If one more kid bursts into tears or hands sure. me another paper with a low grade on it or tells me that somebody said something mean to them on the bus, like, I'm going to lose my marbles. Like, yeah. this is crazy. So it was like keeping up single parenting and, like, but also keep my own, like, still having a good life for myself, you know, yeah. trying to not be utterly consumed by the house and the kids and work and all that kind of stuff, still time, finding time to relax and um, just take care of myself and, yeah. um, and also keep them connected to Drew because, right. you know, he, we, we could, we can communicate with each other when, he, you know, when people are in space, we can communicate, but 
it's very much like if I'm not on it, the person on the ground can very much control how that works with the kids because sometimes they care, sometimes they don't, such as the mindset of children and teenagers, you know? So it was like on me to be like, today, don't forget, we're doing the video conference with your father. So think of your, think of what you want to do, what you want to talk about or, you know, and there's a little bit of emotional pressure, like, and, and just kind of mental stress feeling kind of responsible for um, keeping their relationship with their father at yeah, the forefront sure. of their lives, even though they just kind of want to, yeah, they just want to kind of go on with life, you know? Yeah. Well, we had great access to one another. I mean, I could make phone calls. We had a voice over internet telephone and I could call almost a- a- any time on any given day. And I frequently did talk to Stacy on the phone at least once a day. We did the video conference with everybody where I'd speak to the kids individually only once a week. And there are limitations to that because it is very, you know, we we weren't having the hard conversations. Yeah. It was all about trying to hit the highlights uh, of what's been going on. And sometimes, you know, I'm talking to teenagers or, or kids or, or, you know, our younger kids, elementary age. It's a little bit of a pool, you know, trying yeah. to, it's just the same. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, parenting on, on earth, the communications can sometimes be like, okay, can I get one, more than a one word answer to that? You yeah, know, that's, yeah. um, an interesting aspect of our communications, though, especially with the kids, is that my I think that, and Stacy would agree with this, that our kids, they were never totally like, uh, you know, it's not like they were, you know, people wonder, like, what's it like to have your dad in space? Well, it's, I would, I think that they would say it's like having your dad uh, on earth or on a, on a, on a but on a, a trip far away. Yeah. Um, because they aren't overly impressed with me or what I'm doing. I'm still their dad. And yeah. when they would want to talk to me, they they weren't like, oh, so what cool things have you done and doing? After the first two video conferences, they were done seeing me floating or float things or <laughs> yeah. make, make things. They, they were that so was over no, it. They were, they were past that. And I was just dad. Yeah. And, you know, they had things that they, they maybe wanted to tell me about, uh, the highlights from the week. Um, but you know, in the end it was like, oh, you know, you're, he's still dead, which was actually very comforting for me to know. I didn't want them to feel like, uh, what I was doing was, I didn't want to stress them out or feel like that they, you know, feel like it made them extra special or anything. I wanted them to just view me as a dad who was away doing something, albeit a little bit dangerous, but, but that they could be comfortable knowing that I was safe. Yeah. And a very cool job. I mean, you it's do want them cool. to think the job's cool. Oh. Well, I, yeah. But you know, a lot of their peers, you know, are 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 children of other oh, astronauts, and so they're kids. like, yeah, they're you know, all space kids. I mean, kids. The, yeah. a handful enough that they know a, uh, more than more than a couple, and so that yeah. it doesn't feel that unique to them. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, right. Welcome to <laughs> yeah. Houston, where yeah, you might be friends with a space well, kid. It's funny. A couple when we first when we first got to NASA, it was maybe like a year in. One of our daughters was in a Girl Scout troop, and. The leader went around and she was like, hey, everybody, did you know, you know, Susie's father is an astronaut. And we go around and she, she got to my daughter and she was like, yeah, mine is too. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I felt bad oh, for that leader. Cool. She was like, oh, oh, there's oh, lots I'm of you. Sorry, okay. I, didn't, I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> like, but they do. They have enough buddies who whose dad or mom has also either already gone to space and um, and so they've kind of done that with their friend, like they've seen yeah. their friends do that, or or is going to go in the next year or two. Yeah, that it's like, oh oh yeah, oh so and so just like like the phone rings and it's like oh hey it's so and so come from the space station. They're like, 
oh, yeah, well, yeah. you know, I was at, you know, I was at my friend's house yesterday and like, well, her dad called from the space station yesterday. So, right, like, right, right. You know, which is good. Like we want them to, I think 20 years from now, they're going to look back like when they go off to college and they're talking to their roommate and you're like introducing yourself and telling them about your background and their roommate is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, it's going to click like, oh, maybe this was not the norm. Maybe. Yeah. That. Uh, but right now it's, it's kind of nice that they don't fully grasp yeah. how unique this is. It keeps yeah. them gra- more grounded and because um, and we don't want their life to be consumed by or like all about what their dad is doing. Sure. So yeah, that's very good parenting. Um, I would think. Says I hope says, so. so. I mean, says I. That's too. our plan. We're hoping it works yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> see. So far, we'll, we'll see. see. Circle <laughs> back in like ten years. <laughs> um, Drew, I won't ask you a lot of the basic space questions because people can like go watch the YouTube videos of you brushing yeah. your teeth and all that. But I do need to know if y'all actually eat that ice cream that we get to eat. The space oh, ice this cream. This is a good question. A, I, I'm, I, this is a very personal for, question. Yes, it this is. It is, is very good. It's because very personal. I, yes, yes, because you know when I, I mentioned when I was a, as a child and they in the '80s yeah. and growing up, like one of the things I loved I, astronaut ice cream yes. and the concept of astronaut food. Um, I was disappointed to learn that the ice cream, the, the freeze dried ice cream, is not actually something that they routinely manifest. It was something that it was kind of. A, I think they tried once or twice, and they were like, "Boy, this is really crumbly." And crumbles are not, oh, uh, and and crumbs not are not your yeah, friends not in the space. In they space. go everywhere. But oh, sure. I did have some deliberately. You do have a, a small amount of what we is crew preferred or pref, crew preference food, where you get to pack your own stuff um, within limits. And that was one thing I brought so that I could demonstrate <laughs> on, by video, like this is how crumbly it is, and I love it, and I wanted to. <laughs> Because there's no taste of ice cream up there, and it does give you a good yeah. taste of ice cream. So the answer is that uh, it's not something that is routinely flown, but I flew it because I'm a diehard fan. <laughs> and you I, love ice cream. I, I love too. it. I'm yes. such a fan. I bought some when we were in Houston. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm taking this home with me. Yes. I no, love it's that good. stuff. Yeah. No, I found this company that made multiple flavors, and I flew them up there. And then uh, I had actually so many that I forgot that I had, and I ended up leaving it up there. And I had to, I sent a message to the, my friend Chris that's up there now, and I was like, they're all yours, buddy. Like, Easy <laughs> ice cream, it? pal. It's all there. Yeah. It's in the third drawer that's on the right. left. Yep, yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Who, so crumbles, do you just have to, does everybody, do y'all sweep? How do you keep, does it get dusty up there? So we have, no, because there's no gravity to pull the dust down to one surface. Well, so what happens is we have uh, ventilation, what, just like you do in any building, yeah. it goes comes in one way and it goes out the other. And um, at the intake, there's usually a grate that uh, collects everything. And then once a week, we go through with a, like a commercial off-the-shelf um, vacuum cleaner, yeah. and then we have to clean off the grates. Got so it. in node one where we eat our meals, there's a lot of crumbs created. Even, <laughs> yeah. on the, even when food isn't really that crummy, we just inevitably, we do make a little bit of a mess and then it all accumulates on a grate. And then yeah. once a week, somebody's job is to go and <laughs> to vacuum, go vacuum all that up. Saturday yeah. morning like, chores. Drew, you ate a lot of ice cream this yes. week, oh, man. Yes. There's so yes. many yes. crumbs. No, that's <laughs> a, the other thing. There was this, uh, this, um, maple muffin top thing that I also loved and it was very crumbly. And that is a standard thing that is available in quantities large enough that I had it several days a week so yeah. it would make a huge huge mess and the other was the others would always know they'd yes. be like man yeah. drew yes don't yeah. do this filter again. Is disgusting. <laughs> it's filter <laughs> okay let's can we talk for a second about where your faith meets outer space yeah because i would just love for you to talk about the perseverance thing is so big to me i think uh in our normal comfortable lives especially for our friends listening that are american that have a pretty normal life 
that we know. Perseverance isn't something we have to do very much until you really have to do it. Yeah. But then it, it actually makes you who you want to be is what I think. And what you are saying is true too. But where does your faith, I, I just would love for you to talk a minute about like, what do you know about God that I don't know? Because you've been to outer space. It almost makes me feel teary asking you, <laughs> what did you experience about him out there? Well, I, there are a couple aspects of that, I think, that I would address. I, a friend of mine told me before I went up that when you look at the earth the first time, I mean, that's a moving experience for anybody, sure. uh, no matter what, uh, what your worldview is. But people tend to look at that, and when they see it, it reinforces whatever worldview that is. They, mm. they draw from that the, the evidence that, you know, that's our, our, our human tendency is yeah. to, to, you know, to reinforce beliefs that we already have. And so, of course, when I look at the earth and the beauty of it and how perfect it was, that to me, to me it was the, there's no mistake in my mind. This, mm. didn't, this isn't accidental. It was, it was a beautiful thing. I would also uh, say, this is something that Stacey and I have talked about, is that my, my faith was constant, though, uh, because while it was this magnificent event to, and this opportunity to fly in space and look at the Earth and live in space for nine months, I, well, I think Stacy said it best is, that, you know, if you're waiting for a rocket to launch you off the Earth to reinforce your faith mm. or experience, you, or experience God. To, to experience God and you'll um, still and, be waiting. Yeah. And when so, you get to space. you know, it's not it. It's not the uh, life changing experience that you need. And, and I would mm. say it was constant. I also think I would, you know, as a as an aside, uh, how I participated in my faith, um, our church provided video of the sermon every week, as well as oh, the music wow. and everything, and so that was Which part of was my routine. Which was a novelty I, before COVID. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Now that was something was they cool had to deliberately COVID, go out of the yeah. way to do, and then have yeah. it uplinked to me, um, and then available to me so that it, I could uh, watch that every Sunday. That's really cool. Um, you know, and that so you know, and that's I, I think that's. Do you have books with you? Like, did you have a Bible with you, a paper one? I have, we have apps, um, yeah. but books. Uh, take up a lot of volume they're yeah. heavy um so apps um so yes i had a, a, um, a bible app yeah um so we did a, any reading on on some sure. uh, you know a kindle or uh, uh, that type of thing yeah um, stacy what do you know about god from him being in space that you didn't know before yeah i think kind of that same thing like i think if I, I remember thinking, if you are waiting for to experience God with some big event, you know, some big dramatic, I think a lot of people who feel like they feel far from God or like they haven't, um, God just feels absent. Like, I think they think, well, if I could just have some kind of experience, big experience in my life, then I would feel close mm -hmm. to God. Then mm -hmm. I would, then it would sp cause this spark in my life right. to like, you know, make a, a revival in my own soul or whatever. Yeah. And that you, you'll be waiting forever, yeah. you know, like very few people experience that. And I think it is what you like if you're waiting, like why, stop waiting. Right. You know, it's like a slow burn for me. It's like it was like a slow burn. God gave me through that time. He gave me opportunities to kind of see myself in a clear like for personal growth. You see yourself when, when you're under that stress, you see yourself unfiltered sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you're like yikes <laughs> you know yeah. like okay you're showing that to me because like this is clearly an, an area of my life you want me to work on yeah. and sometimes it's just opportunities to make new connections and deepen friendships and make new ones like when I met you while yeah. he was gone you know right. like and and those are 
those are totally cool opportunities. And you, I think to me, it was an opportunity to walk through some doors without hesitation in a way yeah. that maybe if Drew hadn't been gone, I would have hesitated more to do, yeah. you know? I, I, also, I think that one of the overwhelming things that we both experienced um, that is tied to our faith is gratitude for yeah. the, the uniqueness of the experience and that I, we're able to look back and that it wasn't just something that we survived, it was something we thrived during. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I think that Stacy and I, as well as the, the children, in the end came out better for the experience and yeah. and that's a lot of gratitude and you know knowing that uh of course that that was given to us it was a gift yeah yeah it was a huge gift i would think to just even seeing it from the outside now i just i mean i watched you land and i thought what an unbelievable i mean i watched what they let us watch but <laughs> i i watched that and thought who, how many people get to say this was their life experience at, for their family? Right. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. We've done it. Is there anything we didn't talk about that we should, I have like a thousand more questions, but we're just gonna have to save them because we have to, we just have to save them. Is there anything else y'all wish we would talk about that we didn't today? Ask one more question. <gasps> I'm going to ask one more question. <laughs> you know, you're ready. You're prepped. Stacy. is there anything else? No, just go so. for it. Okay. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, Drew and Stacy. <laughs> tell me what sounds fun to you. Well, if you look at my uh, official astronaut biography, it was one of our favorite things to do is to travel. Um, the COVID-19 situation, you know, we celebrated our 20th anniversary. We had big yeah. plans to, to yes. travel in Europe together. We enjoy to kind of rugged, r rustic, simple travel together. Adventure travel. Adventure travel together. Doesn't you know, surprise I mean, like, anybody listening. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, within... In, Within reason, you yeah. know. I mean, reason, like a hotel, reason. right? Like to sleep in a bed. Uh, yeah, 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 usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. usually. With a, yes. with a shower. But I have, I mean, I have made Stacy sleep in a train and things oh, like sure. that, yeah, you know, that type sure, of stuff. Sure. But it's been a while since we've done that. But um, I also like road trips w with the family. Yeah. Uh, Stacy tolerates them, but I do yes. enjoy them. I like, you know, hitting national parks and seeing the things along the way, driving a big, long stretch, piling everybody in a hotel. Um, and with a family of six, that's, you know, it's always... It's always crowded and yeah. we're all on top of each other. I love that. I love that. I loved it when I was a kid. I love that now. When uh, I was on the ISS, Stacy would tell you I, that's what I, I would fantasize with her on the phone about, hey, when we get back, we're going to we're gonna take this trip. We're going to drive here to here yeah. and here like this. So that's You're what like, I love. When I get back I, in the, from this small capsule carrying a lot of people, I want to get all of our people in a van. That's where <laughs> I'm most comfortable. What can I say? <laughs> it's where I'm most comfortable. What's your, yeah, you've done it. You found the job and the life. What is your favorite national park? Do you have one that's Ooh. like your go-to? Oh, I don't. I don't think I could. Well, I would say I'm like just Annie a big, big, big uh, fan of the national park system in general. Yeah. I think it's a you know, like uh, Ken Burns said, it's our greatest. Uh, it's our America's greatest idea. I really. We just went to Big Bend just a couple of years ago, which is in West Texas, yeah. and I really, I did love that. I loved the the scenery there. I'd love to go back. Um, but there are aspects of many that I like. I like the the National Park Service. Hit the historical parks. I love history as well. So I'll, it's it would be hard to pick one. Like picking your favorite. Thing. I yeah. know. I know. I I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. No. I I think we're gonna um, we're gonna hit them all over the course of our lives together. What is all? How many is that? I don't even know. Oh, I don't even Hundreds, know. Hundreds. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But you're gonna hit them all. Okay. You know what? <laughs> I guess so. Show me the badge. We'll see if you really do it. I believe <laughs> in you. I believe in you. What about you, Stacey? What do you want to do for fun? 
what oh, sounds gosh. fun to you. Yeah, I also love I well, I'm not a huge fan of road trips like that. Like I tolerate them, like you said, because yeah. I love you. Um, but I love international travel. Yeah. And that's how I knew that this pandemic was getting serious. Like that's what got my attention was when they were like, and we're closing the airports. I yeah. was like, hold up. Wait, right. because we had that European trip mm. planned, and I was so disappointed because that, like, I love leaving the kids here. Like, I don't like really traveling, adventure traveling with my children. Maybe when they're older. Yeah. But um. But they did endure a trip to Russia and Kazakhstan. We have very taken well. them around yeah, very yeah, well. some crazy places. But my favorite traveling partner is Drew, and I like traveling with him in other countries. And yeah. so that's what like sounds super fun to me. Once we move through all this craziness, we need to plan another trip to a the amazing race yeah, we could do the amazing would y'all race. do the amazing race i feel like y'all would dominate the amazing i would love race. to do the amazing <laughs> we have to I be like know. okay we have to be our best selves on that show yeah right? there's <laughs> aspects of that uh, camera following you around all the time and so i don't know that's, yeah <laughs> when that's I, the part that yeah. would keep you from yeah. winning you got right. all the skills yeah. you just don't want to have right. a camera when i say when i say the word penguin that means shut up yeah that's right that's right do y'all have a favorite trip what's your favorite like do you have a place you love to go if you go when you go to europe or oh, when you do international we, we like to do all different ones we really yeah. um like we've we've very rarely go back to the same place twice we've done quite a few a, a bunch of years ago maybe how long ago was when we did norway we kind of almost accidentally did our own amazing race because we got stuck in new jersey <laughs> on the way out and the, so our trip was shortened by like a day and a half and we were uh. like well we're just gonna have to do everything we were gonna do with a day and a half left and we just like Brilliant. busted through our we were exhausted it was like literally like planes literally trains yes ferries like all this kind of stuff and afterwards we were like what was that yeah <laughs> that exhausting. What, just happened? what just happened and the sun like never set so we were like that was just like one day yeah. that lasted five days <laughs> but um yeah it was crazy i would love to do that one again and actually like do it in the amount yeah. of time i remember it yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, it. yeah. yeah. do you have a favorite one drew a favorite place to visit France, Switzerland. Yeah, I think if we were, um, we did um, Switzerland and France a couple years ago. And mm -hmm. I think if we had been able to peg one down this year, it would have been to go. We haven't done the Normandy coast of France and yeah. northwest France. I yeah. would have loved to have done that. Well, hopefully we'll be flying to other countries soon. Yeah. That's my, not come, space flying, no. just flying, flying. You want to come with us? We'll yeah, man, I love it. Yes, yes. As long as you let me, as long as we're sleeping in like hotels with showers. Yes, that is, yeah. as I've gotten older, that's become yeah. mandatory. Yeah, as I've always been, that's mandatory. So. <laughs> Friends, don't you love Drew and Stacy? My gracious, I cannot quit them. They are so stuck with me. They're so stuck with me. I love how adventurous they are. I love how they support each other. Did you hear that back and forth? Like, I just love how they both have big dreams and walk it out together. It, it's just really, really impressive. I think the world of both of them. Make sure you are following Drew and Stacy Morgan. They are both really fun to keep up with on social media. Tell them thanks for being on the show, how much you appreciated it, and how much you enjoyed it. And just tell them how great you think they are. I just... I just think the world of both of them. And if you're an absolute space nerd like me, I hope you're like breathing fine now and you haven't cried. Like, I hope you're all right because we had an astronaut on the show, you guys. An astronaut. The very coolest. Hey, if you need anything else from me, you know, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I just want to remind you that the Matthew West podcast is our newest podcast 
podcast on the That Sounds Fun Network. Make sure you subscribe. There's three episodes of the Matthew West podcast already there for you. And a new one will be coming on Wednesday. We're also on day eight of 100 Days to Brave 2020. I hope you're reading along with us. If not, just jump in right now. Grab a copy of the book or the journal and jump in on day eight and join us as we continue till November 10th. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home or go to space and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Thursday with a crowd favorite, Miss Shauna Nyquist. We'll see you all on Thursday. Y'all have a great week. 